Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. It's baseball season. So let's talk high school baseball with some of the best high school baseball coaches in the state of Wisconsin. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Now, here's high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome to the Summer League Baseball of Wisconsin show brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside David Casey and Jim Clark from the Summer Baseball League. Guys, how you been? Been good. Yeah. Been good, Mike. David, good to see you. Jim's good. No, it's kind of good to see you. Kind of <laughs> whacked me before he came in, but that's all right. Doing okay. Um, so this is the second show we've done with this, and... Uh, I got a lot of response from that first show. Just guys asking questions about the league and and didn't know uh, that it existed. And these are guys that don't have kids in in baseball. They think it's a really good idea. They don't have kids in in, in high school baseball anymore. And really happy to see that when their kids get to that age, or if they were still in high school, that they'd have another opportunity to play uh, baseball. You guys getting the same response from this thing, David? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that's why we did it, right? Uh, not every kid's a travel ball player. Not every family can afford that travel ball scene. And so if you know families aren't looking to spend thousands of dollars on their kids playing travel ball, this option is probably more like 100 to $300, depending on what program you're, you're playing with. So we thought it was a great option to, for kids. And what better way to do it but to play with your high school team? Yeah, I agree with that. Hey, one of the questions that I got um, from this is: it, Do they? Do these guys have to give in a, an exact roster um, before the year? And if they're struggling, if kids are going on vacation and they've got eight kids that that are ready to play, can they go out and find another player? How does that work? Yeah, so they have to give a roster. I mean, for a couple reasons, right? For for us, liability-wise, obviously, we need to collect information from people, have them sign waivers, all that sort of stuff. But from a bigger perspective, um, uh, we want to make sure there's an even playing field. We don't want teams going out and just um, getting kids from other schools to play on their team. That's not the point of this. The point is to develop the, each high school's next year's spring team over the summertime. So if there, if that happens, um, Jim, if that happens where kids are on vacation and the coach calls you and says, look, we got a game tonight at 7 o'clock, and, and I don't think I'm going to have nine. I, I think I've got eight. Um, what What is the option for these guys? Um, unfortunately, right now, it's a forfeit. Um, we went into the season knowing that this could be an issue and trying to warn the coaches to try to make sure that they had 
plenty of players on their roster for this for that exact reason. And 80% of the teams did that. I mean, we have one team that's got 30 kids on their roster. Perfect. So, so he can cherry pick a kid's call. Right. Hey, look, I'm going to need you tonight, or I'm not going to need you tonight, stuff like that. I remember one time coaching, and, and uh, I swore I'd never talk about this on the radio to Steve Showalters. Oh, yeah. But it's, you know, <laughs> there's got to be like, there's got to be enough time passed at this point. Yeah. He was at Germantown, I was at Calvary Baptist, and we were playing the summer league game at, at Homestead. And, uh, they had two teams. Well, we had, you know, seven or eight kids total on our whole team. And uh, we were going to be short. So I called Alex Merg and got Alex to play uh, from Greendale. And then a, a wrestler from Heritage Christian came along with us. He was our sixth man. And um, they're big kid. I could coach because we weren't part of the WIAA. And Steve was in the, in the crowd. Now, they had two teams again. And we had this group of just misfits at Calvary Baptist, and he had parents coaching because they couldn't coach because of WIA rules. And um, their big kid, the rule out there was if you get a technical foul, you get thrown out. And their big kid, who was pretty good, got a technical foul fairly early because the wrestler from Heritage Christian was was bodying up on him a little bit. <laughs> and uh, so he gets thrown out, and like we're we're doing really well. We're hitting shots. I'm kind of laughing, and I could see Showalter kind of pacing a little bit. Well, we were up by like one with 35 seconds ago. They hit a bucket, took a timeout. So we had the ball under under their basket going the, the length of the court. And so I said, look, we're going to go across the free throw line. And Alex, you're going to jab step and then go long. And if he's open, throw it to him. And so we did that and we got a bucket. He was wide open. So they came down and hit a bucket. We inbounded it, got tipped out of bounds, took a timeout. There's like 12 seconds ago. I said, hey, let's run the same play. And it's not going to be open. They're never going to let us get it again. <laughs> we ran the same play, and Merv just jab step went long and got a layup when we won. Well, Showalter, like, charged up, and he said, you're not getting this win. I said, no, I know. He goes, you used legal players. I said, yep, I sure did. And he goes, well, you you, you got Alex Merv. He's one of the best guards in the state. I go, he's not. He might be, but he plays with my son on the AAU team. I just don't want to forfeit. He said, well, you're not getting this win. I said, I know. It's okay. I said, it's, it's summer league. He goes, and you better never talk about this on the radio. <laughs> and I said, sure, I, I promise. But that, that was years ago. There's got to be. So I'm wondering in, in, in this league, if there's a – if look, I know what I was like at that age, David, and I'm sure that you guys understand that every once in a while there might be a player that shouldn't be playing. It's a learning curve, right? I think it's a learning curve for the players, right, because – they're used to playing in their high school season, right? Their high school season's now in the spring. So once that wraps up, this is something brand new for them. So they're, they're getting used to, okay, now after high school is done, I have another season to play, right? So the onus kind of falls on the coaches in this respect to, to you know, kind of lay out the guidelines. Hey, if we're going to do this league, let's do it right. Let's make sure you're committing to games. And let's make sure our team's showing up with enough guys to really play. Hey, do you think these guys are practicing at all, Jim? Yeah. No, I know I know that a number of them are actually practicing. Now, there's probably some that aren't. But I do know that I know of at least a handful of teams that I know that on their off days, they're doing at least one practice a week. Really? Mm -hmm. Boy, that's, the, see, that's impressive to me. Even if they just get together and, and, and a little infield, little outfield, take some hitting and then get out of there, right. I, that's just another touch point for those guys to hang out and get to know each other a little bit better, hang out and have some fun and 
stay out of trouble. Yeah, I mean, as a coach, too, for me, right, when you're working with a group of kids, you know, the WIA has these rules where it really limits what coaches can have as far as an impact goes with their program and their team. So leading up to the spring season, I mean, coaches may only get practices in a, in a gym. Throughout the whole season, they may only get practices in a gym. Now with this summer league, you know, yes, you're able to play games, and that's great, right? But you're, you're able to implement an entire practice schedule with your program that allows you to really – work in all the cuts and relays, the defensive situational work, all the stuff that they need to really, really work on to have their kids ready to go next spring when that time comes around again. You know, with the WIA, and I, and I grabbed um, right off their website their, their, their rules and regulations today because I wanted to see exactly. I couldn't remember when it started for them. Um, March 18th, Monday week, uh, week 38, March 18th, it uh, is when they could start the earliest day of practice. Do you guys remember what it was mid-March here? <laughs> right. It was cool. horrible. Mid-April was horrible. Mid-April, Mid-April was, was bad, nice. too. <laughs> yeah. And so they're starting. Yeah. They talk about uh, conditioning for pitchers may be conducted for five days during the week prior to the first date of uh, baseball practice. Yeah, and when Every, some of these Everyone's was, a pitcher and catcher that week, by right. the way. Everybody, right? <laughs> literally, if, yeah, it, everybody literally if your arm isn't falling off, if you can, <laughs> let's see if you can throw strikes. And they got to find out, you know, and, and oh my goodness, let's find out how, if you're going to play pitcher, how the ball, can you pick up a grounder? Yeah. In fact, you go over there, let's hit grounders your way. That's yeah. how that goes, right? Peace, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm sure. Hey, can we talk a little bit? One thing we didn't really get into last time uh, that we we're doing this was was the schools that are in mm-hmm. and, and how they are separated as far as divisions and things like that. And I, I looked up, and I know on the website... It's hard to keep that thing updated. I understand that, but but all I wanted to do was was get to it and say, okay, who's in this division? What teams are in? And and so let me run through this a little bit. Um, in one of the divisions, Pius, Whitefish Bay, West Bend West, Homestead, Port Washington, Nicolay, Dominican, they combined to have yes. a team co-op. Yeah, co-op. Yeah, good for them. Yeah. You know, those guys from that, I know the kids from Dominican wanted to play kids from Nicolay, and if they couldn't get enough kids, let's uh, let's combine. And a lot of co-op going on in different sports. Why not Why not baseball? Um, in another division, you've got Oak Creek, Burlington, Muskego, Franklin, New Berlin West, South Milwaukee. These are the varsity teams. Then Marquette, Greendale, West Dallas Central, New Berlin Eisenhower, West Dallas Hale, and Milwaukee Lutheran. And then uh, one other, the West League is Heartland 2, Lake Country Lutheran, Heartland 1, Waukesha West, Kettle Moraine, Elkhorn, and Waukesha South. What a great start for, for you guys, right? We were, we were given the luxury of being able to break up our divisions how we kind of wanted with no one team having to travel way out of their, out of their area. Perfect. And the yep. goal moving forward is just to grow each area the west will be the west the east the north the south um and then as far as them wanting to play in other divisions like a north team playing a south or a west that they will also have that ability but they will still have the ability to play in their area without playing against the teams they play in spring and, and yeah that's and i think that's like the major sticking point for a lot of these schools marquette in particular i had a conversation with sal bando um, he loved the idea of this summer league because it wasn't 
in his division, it wasn't Brookfield Central. It wasn't a lot of the greater Metro teams, Menominee Falls, right. that they already play three, four times in the spring. It right. was teams that they never see, right? So, and, and the ability for them to play brand new, fresh faces, different teams, the ability to mix, mix traditionally spring versus traditionally summer schools, different size schools. Um, a lot of that is really great stuff for us, and as we grow, it'll only get better. You know, you look at the North Division, a lot of it's the North Shore, plus Pius, I think. Yep. Um, hope my, our hope in the future is that we're able to add in, you know, a Campbellsport or a Sheboygan or a, some of these other schools that can freshen up the look to what right. these guys are used to seeing. That's awesome. Hey, let me run down today's show, by the way, and then we're going to get you a break. Let's have the break. The other question that I got, I got a couple of phone calls on this. Would they consider adding uh, girls softball? To this next year, and I and I'm gonna we're gonna get an answer from you on the other side of the break. But today's show, Sam Keller, he's the uh, the varsity coach at Shore is gonna join us. Mike Feely, summer varsity coach at Marquette, uh, AJ Vukovic, East Troy kid, um, who did man he uh, represented East Troy really well. Took second in the high school home run derby, um, and they they did it. He did it in front of a full house at uh, in Cleveland. Uh, came up one short, but if you saw some of the bombs he hit, they're incredible. Um, and I'm going to talk a little smack to AJ about basketball. He's going to be able to talk a little smack back, by the way. And then a couple of players from Milwaukee Milkmen. They're having uh, it's a fun place to go, and uh, having a decent season. We're going to talk to those guys uh, later in the show. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin. Brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Mike McGivern alongside David Casey and Jim Clark. These are the guys that run this league. If you have interest learning more about the league, you can go to their website. And uh, their website is SBLW, SBLWBaseball.com. SBLWBaseball.com. They have their mission statement, some of the things that they're trying to accomplish with this league. And again, it's a first-year league. So any of you guys that have have tried anything like this understand that, uh, as we talked about two weeks ago, there are some growing pains with this thing. But uh, talking to these fellas during the break, there are some really cool things that they're looking to accomplish in the future. And one of them, um, David, and and I mentioned this at the end of the last break, I got two calls from people saying, hey, do do you know, do those guys have any interest or in the future, do you think that they're going to include girls softball? And, and and I said, well, I think there are some things for girls right now. And they, the one guy said, look, my daughter isn't good enough to play on this travel team in this community, but she's not bad. And she would like to still be playing, but there's not a lot of options for the girls on her on her school team that, that either don't make the commitment to play in travel or are, are playing club volleyball and still want to play softball when they can. And I said, I don't know. The next show, I will ask Jim Clark and I'll ask David Casey, have you guys had any discussions to include uh, girls softball in the future? We haven't had direct discussions, but um, I think what we've done to this point is um, we're in the process of proving out a concept. Okay, And I think that's off to a good start. I also think we've built an infrastructure uh, that can be replicated into girls' softball, right? So if there is a demand for it, 
You know, if we start talking to high school coaches and they say, yeah, like a second season sounds great to us, there it's something that for us it would be replicating exactly what we're doing now with the baseball side, and it would be much smoother and easier because we're learning from all the bumps in the road now on the baseball side. Hey, um, and I had asked you this two weeks ago, but one of the people that, that called me on the show said, how difficult is it for them to find locations to play? Um, we, we make it so our high school teams, they play at their home field. If they are unable to use their home field, they find their own field. So, so you guys don't get involved in, in dealing with county parks, trying to get, uh, you know, all that stuff taken care of. These guys do that on their own. So if it's a night game, they get the lights there. They're there. That's on them to do that. Yeah. And for us, just from a league viewpoint, and I think from a, a team viewpoint, right, they like that as far as being able to play on their home turf uh, and, um, you know, any concession revenue or gate fees that they may charge for games and stuff like that, they get to keep that. That's none of the leagues. What we do provide is we run two weekend tournaments for the for the league. So we ran one a couple weeks back, and we're running one this weekend, and we provide a field for that. Where, where is that being played? Uh, we're real close partners with Wisconsin Lutheran College, and so we um, do a whole bunch of stuff with them, and they provide the field for us in the summer as, as part of kind of our, our deal. Your partnership. Our partnership, yep. Speaking, speaking of partnerships, um, and we had talked about this um, a couple of weeks ago, but I'm wondering when, when you look at the future of this league and some of the really cool things that you guys are, you know, certainly at night when you're thinking about this thing, could we possibly get to this level? Could we do this? Could we do that? You're going to have to reach out to community partners, to sponsorships, to advertisers, to guys that want to look at this as a grassroots opportunity and to, to get, keep our kids playing baseball. Um, I, I'm sure you guys talk a lot about that. Yeah. I mean, from a league viewpoint, what we want to do is we want to look at our, our fans and parents, our players, our coaches, and our umpires. And how can we look at those different segments and treat them as good as we can treat them in order to do some of the things we want to do, like an all-star game next year, you know, maybe some more weekend tournaments, maybe cut some of the fees that we have to, we had to charge this first year, different things like that involves getting community partners involved to support local high school baseball. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and there are people out there, you know, that you got to shake some trees and I've done, as you know, David, I, before my, 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 job here at the radio station and i'm still that's what i do i'm a sales guy so i'm chasing that all all day long but before that i was in sports marketing and i i was in that in that that field in that game a long time and there are some there are people and companies that you you might not ever think about that are, are sitting out there going look if they called me i'd get involved you know, I'd get involved. My, I had three sons that went through and played, or I've got three kids that are coming up, and they're going to play, and I own this company. And if it was, you know, a $5,000 sponsorship or a $10,000 sponsorship to be in front of these people and to let them know that I, I support, you know, high school baseball, I think you're going to find them, but, but they're probably not going to be calling you. And you're going to have to go out and knock on some doors and, and shake hands and say, look, I'm the guy. We're the two guys that started this thing, and let me show you what we have. And I would maybe, I don't know if anybody's videotaping any of this stuff, but that's a really, 
um, very powerful tool in this business to be able to do a 35, 40, 45 second video of a couple of different fields where there's some 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 uh, some crowds and some excitement to be able to to send to people and say, look, we need your help. Can you help us? So I, I wish you I wish you luck with that. That that's a whole different animal than uh, than what you guys are doing right now. Yeah, when Jim and I sat down, you know, whenever it was, and we started talking about this and how does this business model work, you know, I think year one was, hey, we're just going to get our feet wet. We're going to get through the first year and do as best we can, learn from any bumps in the road. But that second year was on, you know, it's on our business plan here. We want to go out and start working companies and see who can get involved as a partner with us. So, you know, that opens the doors to so many other opportunities for you know the players and the and the coaches and everyone else involved in the league. Hey, can I ask you when when you were in high school, um, and even just getting into high school at Whitefish Bay, and look, you played at a high level. You know, you went to Notre Dame, played at Notre Dame. Uh, with, with this kind of stuff available, um, were you playing travel ball back then? Were you just playing at Whitefish Bay? What was your your background with that? Yeah. So back when I started, um, a lot of people know RJ over at Hitters, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, he was he had one team when I was going through. And so leading up to high school, we did a local Whitefish Bay kind of travel team. We call ourselves the Blues. And that's what I did in seventh and eighth grade. You know, sixth grade and before it was like Little League. That was it. You know, nowadays Little League is kind of dying, especially the upper talent of Little League, which is, you know, just the way of the world these days. It's so many travel teams at the younger age right. groups. But once I got to high school, um, you know, RJ, there was kind of two travel teams in town. That was it. It was hitters and RJ had one team freshman through seniors. And then he, and then there was the, um, Waukesha Blazers. That was it. That was it. Wow. Yep. How so, things have changed. Yeah. I Can't mean, swing a dead cat without finding another travel <laughs> team somewhere. Seriously. I mean, wherever you're sitting in Southeastern Wisconsin, there's a travel team within five minutes from you. You're correct. Yeah. Yeah. And the uh, I don't know if RJ know, knew back then, you know what he was he was he was starting or what was going to come of that. But look, they, there there's a lot of people now that compete with 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 him. He came in studio a year ago, and um, and sat down and and we talked and and uh, you know he's he is a no nonsense kind of guy, man. He he, oh, he yeah. gets after it a little bit. And did you enjoy playing in that kind of? Um, because you guys traveled, did you play there as a freshman? Yeah, so I played high school baseball in the summer all the way through. RJ doesn't like that very much. He doesn't like summer high school baseball. He Correct. probably doesn't like our league very much. No, probably not. Yeah, but but what he doesn't understand, and and look, I'm not telling you what he doesn't understand because yeah. he does. But I I don't know if your league is taking any players away, but you're allowing players to maybe get you know get another year, get another season, and maybe then. If if they decide that they do want to play around the country, then they they might be good enough to play there. Yeah, I mean that's uh you know you're kind of talking about the upper echelon of talent that goes and plays with RJ and on those travel ball teams that go around the country. Right. Um, but anyways, RJ, um, you know back then and and even up to now, um, you know he wants his guys playing with him as often as possible. So, um, you know, but I have nothing but love for RJ. I mean. RJ did so many good things for me. You know, Sam Keller, who we'll have on the show later, he's impacted so many baseball players positively. 
But like the reports you get from RJ are like you love him or you hate him because he's not a guy who's going to sit there and pat you on the head when you do he's something not. good. And later in the show, AJ Vukovic, he's a he's a RJ guy. Yeah, and he's a hitter, and he's uh, yeah, he's doing well. Guys, we got to get to a break. Other side of the break, we're going to talk to Sam Keller. He's a varsity coach at Shorewood. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Mike McGivern, alongside David Casey and Jim Clark. We're now joined by the varsity baseball coach at Shorewood. He is Sam Keller. Yeah, yeah, and Sam also works with you at Milwaukee Baseball Academy. He's a Milwaukee Riverside guy. And, and, and my question for you and Sam is, in your prime, who hit the ball farther? David, you or him? <laughs> what you got, hey, Sam? Hey, I, I'm betting on Sam Keller, but that's just my guess. Sam, how far? Say, between you and Casey, who, who could hit the ball a little farther? David, 100%. Really? 100%. Well, let's be okay. So I had a year up on him. Okay, so I'm a year older. Right. But Sam represented Wisconsin in a national home run derby and uh, represented the state pretty well. So Sam could hit the ball a long way. Sam could hit the ball a long way, but but so could you, right? Hey, Jim, you and I are just sitting here in this conversation. We got nothing <laughs> yeah, to say in this I got thing. Nothing on this one. <laughs> I, I know this that if uh, Sam was pitching, I could take him deep. I know that Ooh. part, right? Ooh, oh yeah. There you go. Hey, Sam, you guys over at Shorewood uh, decided not to, to get in the, 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 the league for the first year for the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin. Uh, but but year two is something that you're going to get to get the Greyhounds and get those boys playing, correct? Yes, sir. And why did you guys decide not to get involved year one, do you think? Um, the reason being is because as a coach and having a very young team, uh, my objective was to make sure that our boys were uh, were physically strong enough to play at the varsity level and compete in our conference. Um, as a first-year coach, we had three freshmen starting on varsity, and we had guys that were juniors and seniors that, that have never experienced the uh, in the weight room. So I think that that was our, our main focus, becoming bigger, faster, stronger, um, working on mechanics for uh, pitching and hitting. And I think that with some personal attention uh, from the coaches and some other instructors, I think that that was the best bet before we heard about the uh, and the baseball league. Hey, David, if, if, um, if Sam had come to you and said, hey, look, I don't know if our varsity team can compete in the varsity part of this. Can we go into the JV side? What would you have told them? Um, I mean, I think we, in general, want to keep juniors and seniors out of the JV division. You know, I mean, we want to keep it, you know, across the board. We just, we just don't want to set precedents like that where, you know, who knows what other people's motivations might be sure. for trying to get in a lower division. We do want we do want teams playing, right? So, um, you know, sure, Sam just took over the program in January or February, and it was a real quick decision he had to make to try to get his team in or not. And so I think it was probably a smart move for him this first year to take it a little slower. 
and then be ready to go for year two. Hey, Sam, do you think that um, that the, the guys at Shorewood, and, and look, Shorewood, I don't think I'm saying anything that, that, that people don't know. Shorewood's not been a big-time baseball powerhouse by any means, but, but you know, you've been around pretty good baseball programs your whole life. And, and certainly the hire of you to try to get the Shorewood program to a level of, of being competitive, not only in that conference, but then be able to join a league um, like the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin. Um, do, do you see this as a, a one-year deal that, that you might be able to get them to be competitive, or is this a four-, five-, six-year pr- uh, process? Uh, I think for Shorewood, I think that we will be competitive within the next year or two. Uh, especially in the summer baseball league, I think that we will be able to compete next year for sure because I think that my young players will develop into better and ball players, and then they'll have a base to go off of um, because my junior class at returning, there's eight guys. So then that leadership is going to trickle down into the younger guys. And then once I get the freshmen going in, we're going to have a continuous cycle. And that's what productive programs have. Programs that win have guys in there all the time and have guys continuously teaching their younger guys. So I think that that's our benefit. Look, and David, I don't know if if I'm so familiar with the Whitefish Bay, um, you know, Little League and and, and middle school and stuff because of, you know, Jimmy Sherburn and and Markson and all those guys. Um, but I don't know anything about the Shorewood. If there is a Shorewood Youth Baseball League, if there's a Little League in, in Shorewood, but Whitefish Bay, I, I always put it at a pretty high level because they had a lot of kids playing in that thing, and and I'm wondering if, if Shorewood needs to follow suit with that. Yeah, and Sam's done a great job connecting with the Little League there. There is a Shorewood Little League. It's smaller in numbers, um, but Sam has experience at Whitefish Bay, right? He was the assistant varsity coach there for three years. Right. Um, or four, I don't remember, but he was, he, he has experience there. So he knows how to run a successful top to bottom program. And a lot of people don't realize, you know, as a varsity baseball coach, a lot of these guys are involved in the little leagues. They're involved in the youth travel side of it. Uh, and that's really what makes good high school programs is when you have that feeder program, uh, stuff down. Hey, hey, Sam, you know, you always talk about moving over on the bench six inches. It's a, it's a, it's about a mile. You know, from being an assistant coach to a head coach, um, how did that first year go for you in Shorewood? And and um, you know, were you able to? I'm sure there are some frustrations there for for you, but were you able to um, to ride through those and and look at the long term on this thing? Uh, yeah. So my plan is to be there for a few years. Um, when taking that step to becoming a head coach, I did have to kind of flip Shorewood upside down and and kind of put my uh, coaching views into the into the minds of the players and the and the parents. And once I did that, I had the the entire village and behind me. So uh, it's tough. It's a lot of uh, administrative stuff that I had to deal with this year compared to the last three years at Whitefish Bay. But I kind of took it with a grain of thought because I want to see I want to see a conference championship at Shorewood before I leave. That's my goal and objective. That's a big goal. 
Uh, that that is a big goal because there's some good baseball that that's played in that league and and I think that the boys here in in, in the studio with me certainly David uh, David Casey and Jim Clark would agree that one of the the steps that needs to be taken for a, a, a program like Shorewood is to make sure a year from now you guys are competing in the summer baseball league of Wisconsin not just with the varsity team if you can get feel the JV team in that as well so these kids are getting an extra 20 25 games together before they come back the following year for for Shorewood League um David when when you see a guy like Sam that you've known for a long time take a leap and and look he was comfortable over at Whitefish Bay that's a comfortable spot to be you know assistant coach good program great great facility um, to take that step and say, okay, I think I am the guy to turn this program, the short baseball program around. Um, your thoughts on when he took that step? I mean, I think there's uh, – I, th- I think Sam's not a guy to shy away from a challenge like that. He's teaching in the district, so uh, it gives him an advantage to be able to see his players every day. Um and, you know, I think he's taking all the right steps. So if there's anyone that can do it and make sure what a consistent winner, then Sam's the guy to be able to do it. He has those kids over the summer right now in with him working hard. I see it all the time. You're, you're not wearing a Greyhound shirt anytime soon, are you? Uh, probably not. No, probably not. <laughs> hey, you got a big boy size, Sam. You send one my way. I'll, I'll proudly wear that Shorewood Greyhound shirt for you. Hey, I appreciate your time, Sam. It's always good to catch up, and I wish we had more time to talk about that Riverside uh, Arrowhead football game at, uh, back in the day, but we we got to get to a break, man. Next time, I, next time we have you on, I'll I'll bring that up because some of those guys are now telling me they thought you purposely uh, ran into that referee. I don't think you did that though. Oh no, I definitely didn't. Do that, <laughs> yeah, we'll have to get uh, Coach Wags on the line. Yeah, somebody's got a videotape somewhere of that. Sam Keller, the varsity baseball coach at Shore, thank you so much for your time. All right, sir. Thank you, man. Have a good one. You bet. Let's get to a break. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. I'm Mike McGivern alongside David Casey and Jim Clark. Again, if you want more information on this league, go to sblwbaseball.com, sblwbaseball.com. So, David, one of the things and one of the reasons we want to do a show like this is to be able to reach out to some guys that are involved in in the league and, and kind of get their feeling on how it's going uh, and things like that. And the summer varsity baseball coach at Marquette High is Mike Feely, and he joins us now. Hey, Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks, Mike. Yeah, I really appreciate a couple of minutes of your time. Hey, when you were approached um, by Coach Bando over at Marquette to say, hey, look, there's a new league uh, that's starting this summer. We're going to get a chance to have our players from Marquette High play together after the WIA, after the regular season and uh, get a chance to play a number of baseball games and, and, and try to get better for the future and just get a chance to play together a little bit longer. Uh, your thought on that was what? Well, two things. Uh, the first thing I wanted uh, was powder blue uniforms. Um, <laughs> and the second thing I wanted was to let me know where and when because uh, I love coaching baseball, and um, coaching in this league has been an absolute thrill. Um, you know, we uh, – 
first time in 25 years that Market Highs played in the spring league, so it was a, a year of transition for us. So this is also new to us, and I was uh, very committed to trying to get our players the best experience in the summer. Um, and I'm also very committed to this league because uh, the better the league, uh, the better our players are going to be. Hey, Mike, I bet those powder blue uniforms just scare the daylights out of those opponents, right? Yeah, it's... We uh, we call we call ourselves the dirt bag, uh, which is sounds like a pretty terrible term, but in baseball world, that's a that's a very endearing term, and um, so we put that on the uniform, and it's kind of our tribute to the 1982 Milwaukee Brewers. So, hey, t- tell me about you know we we had kind of gone through. Uh, last two weeks ago, when we first did our first show on on this league, and a little bit earlier in the show, on on some of the rules and some of the ways that that teams, you know, get a chance to play almost as many games as as they can get. Uh, the other part that I that I think that people like is you're not seeing the same teams over and over again, and and so how difficult has it been for you as the varsity coach for this league for Marquette High to find teams willing to play? Uh, well, Sal Bando Jr. pretty much set up our, our schedule for us, and I've been abiding by that. Uh, David offered us an opportunity to play in a tournament, and what we're up against this summer, and I don't know that this is going to be a big problem next summer, is that most of our guys were committed to play club ball uh, with their own club teams this summer. Um, and so, we, you know, the, the schedule has been very competitive, good teams, uh, great facilities, excellent officiating. Um, so that's kind of what we're up against in the first year, but um, I would say next year we'll we'll kind of have the wrinkles uh, ironed out, and um, uh, we'll be fine with our, our players out there uh, next summer. Hey, Mike, it's David. Um, so tell me just a little bit about like some of the issues you've been having, mostly on the communication side, right? It's new for everybody, parents, players, coaches alike, the league. So just tell us a little bit about what issues, if any, you've been having on the communication side, commitment side, whatever? Yeah, I don't know if uh, I don't. I think this would be a very difficult job without the group text. Um, <laughs> my players get a group text on on Sunday. Um, they and I, I lay out the week for them. I'm also uh, I also find out on Sundays who's in for which game. Um, as Monday, as of six a.m., we had six players. Uh, committed to our game on Monday and I would rather uh, lose a limb than forfeit a game. So um, I got a couple players um, as league rules stipulate, we can play some uh, seniors who are on their way out. So I got a couple guys. I also uh, signed a couple guys to one, what I call a one day contract. There you go. Uh, two guys who we, two guys who we cut. Um, and that really worked out well. Cause one of them was a left-handed pitcher and he went out through five great innings and uh we signed him for the rest of the year um so uh it, you know like the, the, those things uh basically getting a, a competitive team there has been an issue but our kids um have shown up uh every game and played really hard and they're having fun doing it um i'm trying to, to spice it up as much as i can you know we give away uh you know after a game or I give away an old pair of baseball pants to the player of the game. You know, we just try to have some fun with it, but still really get some things accomplished, getting us ready for next spring. We are talking to Mike Feely again. He's a summer uh, varsity baseball coach, Marquette High, for uh, this league that we're talking about, the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin. Hey, Mike, what's your background, and are you a Marquette High guy? 
Uh, yeah, I graduated from Market High in 1989. I was a, a bullpen catcher back then when Sal Bando was hitting bombs. Uh, as a senior, he was a year ahead of me. Uh, I started coaching baseball actually when I was 17 in Little League, and uh, I coached up in Central Wisconsin for a while. I've been coaching baseball on and off for 25 years, and I've been with Sal uh, since he started. And uh, uh, you know, I, I love being his assistant, and uh, but I really like being the head coach of the summer team. <laughs> Boy, that's that's awesome. I I, I like that. Do you, have you? Um, and we talked about it earlier in, in in the show. If if you have if you have a problem getting players, I love the fact that that you were open to saying, "Hey, let's call a couple other guys. We're going to have to because I'm not going to forfeit um, a game." And to be able to find guys that are that are excited about being able to play. Are there games that you're going to have too many guys, Mike? And you might call some of these guys and say, "Hey, look, I'm not going to need you tonight." Well, the umpires almost went into shock at our first game because I had 25 guys on the lineup card, and that is the only day that I had 25 guys on the lineup card. Normally, we're going to average between 11 and 15 players for a game. Um, I I keep telling the kids, you're going to respect the game, and it doesn't matter what kind of game it is. When we play the game, we play it hard. We play it our way. And, uh, you know, I, I think these kids are the kids that are playing consistently for us in this league are really uh, appreciating the, the look and the look they're getting. And then the feedback that I'm giving them, I'm doing things like filming them, sending that off to coach Vando, getting his insight. Our, our pitching coach, who I think is one of the best pitching coaches in Wisconsin, Jake Montaba has been working with me closely on film with our pitchers. Um, we had a, a game against Whitefish Bay where we brought back six of our seniors from last year, and I told them I missed them, and, and I wish we could have ended in the state championship, but I could give them one more game, and they all played for three innings, and then we substituted our dirt bags in, and uh, it was a great day. We had a picnic afterwards. Whitefish Bay was a great opponent. and um, So, yeah, you know, uh, we have 25 guys on our on our opening day roster, but we've had, you know, some one-day, three-day contracts um, <laughs> where we've uh, where we've worked with guys. In fact, uh, that game on Monday, uh, our second baseman had not played a baseball game since fifth grade. Um, he's actually the student body president at Market High, which is I run the uh, the student government at Market High. And I called him up and I said, "Man, can you come out and just not get hurt?" and uh, and he, he came out, <laughs> he actually got the first RBI of the game and made a big catch against Homestead. So um, it was fun, but we were still able to uh, to maintain kind of a, a seriousness to the game. Too. Hey, David and Jim, this, look, talking to Mike Keller, who's the, the summer league uh, varsity coach at Marquette High, this is exactly what you guys are looking for. Because, look, he... He, they're filming this thing. They're sending it back to Coach Bando. They're taking it serious because they want to get better. But he's having a ball. Yeah, and this is exactly what you guys were hoping that the, that this league would accomplish. Yeah, I mean, I think if Mike, how many how many days were you guys able to practice outside in the spring? Oh man, this this year was was terrible. I mean, I, I played spring ball, but I haven't coached spring ball in, in since nineteen ninety six. So, yeah. um, I think. Uh, we probably total had maybe 10 days right. of outside practice this year. Yeah, and that's the point, right? I mean, so now we add a second summer season to it, and Mike and Sal and their pitching coach, they're all able to stay involved throughout the summer. 
They're all able to yeah. get these boys out there. They're all able to develop them. You know, if they're not out playing travel ball somewhere, they're able to work with these guys during the week. And now they get to come back next spring with knowing all of their guys have put the work in that they wanted to. Right? And, and they've had some fun along the way. Absolutely, they've had yeah. a kid who hasn't played baseball since fifth grade come out, get an RBI, and get a catch. Yeah. They, they were able to send off their seniors with three more innings and hang out with them. They're, they're, they're wearing these powder blue uniforms because that's what Mike Feely wanted. <laughs> I mean, how do you beat this stuff? This is awesome. Hey, Coach, thank you so much for your time. I really oh, appreciate it's my it. my pleasure. And uh, we may reach out to you later in the year and, and have you on again because I thought you you brought some really good insight into the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin. And, and uh, other than not being a big Marquette High guy, you know, yeah, I think you guys are doing okay over there. No, no worries there. I, you know, I went to Mesmer. I coached at Dominican, so yeah, we uh, we we always whooped up we on those Marquette. Good, we had some good games back in the day then. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. There's no doubt. Yeah. Mike Feely, thanks a lot for your time. I appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. No problem, Mike. Thank thanks, you. Mike. Take you, it easy, David. All right, later. Yeah, let's get to a break. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan. to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. It's baseball season. So let's talk high school baseball with some of the best high school baseball coaches in the state of Wisconsin. It's the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin Baseball Coaches Show on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Now, here's high school insider, big time, Mike McGivern. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin show brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Guys, I'm not sure if you can get anybody better than Mike Feely talking about your league. What what a great job um, he did, Jim, as far as, look, they're taking it serious in Marquette, but he's doing it by having a ball. It sounds like he's having a blast. I mean, he's he is what we want. Is from our standpoint in the league, if everybody took it that way, this league's going to fly. No doubt. And the fact that he had 25 guys on the roster the first uh, first game, he said the umpires were looking at him like, what are you, nuts? <laughs> and, and look, the one-day contract thing he's talking about, bringing seniors back, giving a kid a chance to play who hasn't played organized baseball since fifth grade, and the kid did well. He's, he's giving kids a chance to to play, to have some fun, to goof around. They're going to have stories about this for a long time. And at the same time, he's taking it serious. Because these yeah. kids, look, Marquette didn't have the kind of year that they normally have this year. Yeah. And Coach Bando, I'm sure, is looking at this as saying, okay, look, we're, we're going to get better because this is not going to happen to us again next year. And this is the way we started. Yeah, I mean, one thing that always strikes me is, you know, I coach a lot of baseball games. So many of the games that I coach, it, you go out on the field and it looks like these kids are out there and it's a chore. You know, it looks like they're not having any fun. To 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 hear Mike talk about how he approaches it, and you can just tell how he talks about it with us, right? You know, 
it, to make the baseball to make baseball fun, man. That's that's awesome. Hey, earlier in the show we had Sam Keller on, um, and and you've known him a long time. You guys have worked together now for a while, um, all of you. And him taking that job at Shorewood, first of all, I commend Shorewood. That's a good choice for them. And and Sam loves baseball, understands baseball, been around baseball a long time, and I hope that he has the kind of patience that he's going to have to have to turn a program like that around. I'll say, you know, one of Sam has a lot of strengths, you know, as a baseball coach and 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 all that. But one thing I'll say about him, I I've never really seen anyone who is able to connect with people the way he does. He has a um, really electric personality. And, and people are drawn to him, especially that high school age group. But even our 10-year-olds and, and younger, the kids that work with him, they all love him. And all kids the parents love, love him. I mean, he he is able to get kids to believe in what he's talking about. And really, the biggest thing at Shorewood, they need to turn the culture around. Yes. And there's not going to be anyone better who to do that than Sam. Well, and you know what? We, we, I've been through a couple of those. and And that is the key. How do you turn the culture around? And what it takes is a couple of really good younger players that, that you know, it's two to one in the seventh or the sixth, and the older kids that are used to losing games are like, well, we're not going to win this game. We never win close games. And for these younger guys to go, look, get out of my way. Yeah. It's not happening today. I'm used to winning games, and that's, how, that's what's going to happen here. Hey, you had talked about even the 10-year-olds um, kind of look at Sam and, and like him. You guys, uh, saw, either of you see that the videotape on that brawl that happened out in Denver? Yes, I, <laughs> I'm still mesmerized by it. <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so you guys oh. got to fill me oh, in here. Oh, <laughs> wait till you see this thing. Baseball game for seven-year-olds. Seven-year-old kids playing baseball, 13-year-old umpire. And um, the latest edition of parents acting like complete and utter fools while embarrassing themselves at youth sports event is what the name of the, the article is. And it was a wild 10-minute brawl between parents that started with a pregnant woman with a baseball bat who walked on the field to yell at the umpire, the 13-year-old umpire, on a call that 7-year-olds were playing baseball. Or have we lost our mind? It's When I saw the video of the pregnant woman holding a bat, throwing it around, after she was done with the ump, she started yelling at the crowd. I mean, it... <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> Speechless. Look, it, this all happened on a Saturday before noon. In, you know they weren't drinking. What, well, do you? They shouldn't have been. I, do you? <laughs> I'm not quite sure about that. But there were some, you saw the video, there were some haymakers. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, look, there were haymakers around first base, around the pitcher's mound, behind the dish, and then you look out in the center field, and guys are throwing haymakers out there. <laughs> and, and the video I watched... The woman, you know what? I, I, she, um, she made me smile. She just kept saying, "Jesus, please, Jesus, send us angels to help these these people." And you watched, you watched these oh. seven year old baseball players never move. Never move. They sat there and watched with their jaw, like, "What is going on here?" And I, I just that that stuff doesn't obviously happen very often, but when it does, people put it on video and you you know they they're videotaping and they put it on youtube and we get to see it and i i think hopefully everybody who was in that video that watched it is so embarrassed right now they have to be they right be disgusted with themselves i mean it's amazing to me that parents would go that far 
for seven-year-old baseball. Seven-year-old baseball. A call, a ball, strike, whatever it was. There was no <laughs> a thirteen-year-old, no a thirteen-year-old umpire, and a and a woman who looked about eight months pregnant grabbed oh, yeah. a baseball and walked down the field yelling at him. And that's where the whole thing started because somebody tried to grab the bat out of her hand, and then it just the melee started. And and I'm telling you, I I, I hope. That if that was me, I would grab my seven-year-old, grab my seven-year-old grandson, and say, "Get to the car. Let's get out of here. I'm done. I'm not. Yeah. This is embarrassing. I don't want to be part of this." Do you guys feel? And I don't. I don't want to take our show down into the gutter on this thing. <laughs> yeah. But do you feel that that um, pa- parents are more out of control now than they used to be, David? When you played, um, parents at the game. Well, every game. Every game. Yep. Mom and dad. Yep. Who uh, could you hear more? Um, neither really, but if it was, if I did hear them, um, it's always positive reinforcement. I mean, my dad's a quiet guy, super supportive, always. You know, no matter no matter if I'm doing stuff now or back then when I was playing. He's a good role model for you. He's yeah. I mean, the guy I want to be when you know when you grow up. You know, cliche. Yeah, when <laughs> sure. I grow up, sure. Yeah. You know, but um. Uh, and my mom was the same way. Um, and it, that as a player, here's my dad's philosophy. Okay. This is a great philosophy. I I tell parents this when they ask me for advice. Okay. Okay? (laughs) Here's my dad's philosophy is teach your kids to love whatever, whatever activity they're doing. So when they grow up and get old enough to really think for themselves or to drive themselves or whatever, that you as a parent don't have to drag them to practice or don't have to drag them to whatever event it is. They are asking you to go do extra practice, to go do extra stuff. That's his philosophy is just support and love them and give them positive feedback. It's a great philosophy. And, you know, cause we see a lot of different type of parents come through our Academy and come through at different games. You know, when parents are just hopping on their kid all the time for every little mistake, I have kids on my team right now who have asked me, can you make my dad leave practice? And I tell them, no, man, I can't get in, I can't get in between you and your father's relationship. But that's something you should talk to your own father about. You know, like it's it's a it's a really hard situation. Yeah. And it kills it for kids. It, it does. It kills it for kids. See, and, and look, I, my, my wife and I never sat next to each other during one of my son's basketball games. I coached him in high school and then in college because she said I didn't cheer correctly. Mm-hmm. And and I understand that. I, I do. I knew, I I know what she's talking about. You know, I say it a lot. I still don't know what that means. But look, she, you know, I my, my son would say, I don't care how many people are in the gym, I hear you. Did you really say, are you going to hit a shot tonight? And I go, how could you hear me? There was a packed gym. And he goes, I don't hear, I can't hear my coach, but I hear everything you say because I'm so used to, to tuning your voice in. And, you know, you got to make sure you're careful because I'm hearing all of it. Yeah. And it's funny because never to a point where, you know, I'm going nuts on a, a couple of games. I went nuts on officials. There was a couple that just were ridiculous. And, and there are some things that you got to, you know, I would like to get back, but never to the point of, of what I'm looking at in this video. No, I, I, this is just, it's, it's ridiculous. No and, win or loss is ever worth that. And J, you yeah. know, Jim has ample experience coaching his kid. Yep. You know, he's, he, he, he can and I've expand had, on that. I've actually had a scenario. that didn't go to this extent, but it involved parents 
throwing <laughs> throwing haymakers at each other yeah, here in a U ten game. And a U ten game. And I mean, it might have been U eleven. It might have been a U eleven game. And it was it got a little like I pulled my team off the field. We yeah. sat and we were ready to almost walk because it got a little hectic. <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna get to a break. Other side of the break, you guys know anything about AJ Vukovic? Yep. Yeah, he can hit the ball a long way, hit young the ball man. A long way. East He's Troy High School kid. And uh he took second in, in the baseball derby high school baseball home run derby. And he uh he he really as far as an ambassador of the state of Wisconsin, um he did a great job. He carried himself really well. And um friend of his father's, his sister came in and did did my youth sports show a few weeks ago. She works for the YMCA out in McGuanago. And uh, we're going to talk to A.J. Vukovic on the other side of the break. Guys, in fact, i got to cut you loose because you've got stuff to do. So um, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Thanks for setting up uh, Mike Feely and, and certainly Sam Keller. And and uh, good luck the rest of the, the way. I'll get you back here in two weeks, right? Yep. yep. Sounds good, Mike. That's we'll good. Here. Excellent, guys. Thanks, David Casey and Jim Clark. Again, you can go to their website if you want more information. And, and look, for teams out there that are listening to this and – you're, you're either a player or coach, a parent. If your high school team isn't involved in the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, um, go to that website. It's SBW, SBLWbaseball.com, SBLWbaseball.com. Get more information. Reach out to these guys. Make sure that you're two, that your team is involved in this league. It's the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. All right, let's get out to the phones. We got Bart Winkler over at John Paul's Buick GMC. What's going on over there today, Bart? Yeah, thanks, Pipe. I'm just north of uh, Highway 100 in Greenfield and Beloit Road on Highway 100. It's the Love Your Liver event, and it's just kicking off, and we're going till about 3 o'clock today. There's already some food here. They've got the brats. They've got the hot dogs. They've got the burgers coming right out. So if you need a quick bite to eat, they're just taking donations. They're taking donations for the American Liver Foundation, and what it is is it's a cause, liver disease. I mean, we may know somebody, we may not, but it's a great event to raise research and raise funds for this cause, and it's a good event to get on out and, and be outside and get some grub. There's also a bunch of raffle tickets uh, that you can buy, different little packages, some brewer tickets you can get throughout the day, some Noah's Ark tickets you can get throughout the day, German Fest and stuff, and they've got some monster packages too. With bigger brewer tickets, there's a Cubs-Brewers game with a grill. There's some Packer stuff. There's some, some Bucks memorabilia. So it's a really good, uh, cool thing for sports fans to come on down and see if they can't score some, some great merchandise here today. But the main thing, it's the Love Your Liver event, supporting the American Liver Foundation, trying to find a cure for liver disease. We're going to be here until about 3 o'clock today celebrating this event, and hopefully we see you out here. John Paul's Buick GMC, Highway 100 in Greenfield, Bart Winkler out on the street. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin show, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. So our next guest, man, he's had quite the month. There's no doubt he was... Uh, Really a good representative for Southeast Wisconsin, the state of Wisconsin, East Troy High School, uh, in the high school home run derby, took second, and he's a kid that I've coached some basketball against the last uh, year and a half. A.J. Vukovic, how you doing, A.J.? 
I'm doing good. How about you? Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to get to baseball in a minute, man. I'll tell you, basketball, the games that uh, East Troy and Martin Luther have played, I guess uh, the last 16 months we played three times. Now, the the good side is Martin Luther won two of those. The, the tough side is you won the big one, that, that sectional game that you guys beat us in. What a heck of a game that was. Yeah, that was awesome. Just the atmosphere and all the way up until the end. I mean, uh, we definitely both had two pretty solid teams and just two teams going at it. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, I haven't watched the tape on that one, AJ. I got to be honest <laughs> with you. You know, we you go a full year on on trying to get guys not to not to leave their feet on on a yeah. ball fake and uh we had somebody that uh, jumped out of the gym trying to block a shot and boy, that was a big shot that kid hit short corner. Yeah, that was huge. That's uh that's cold-blooded right there. Yeah, you guys are gonna, you're going to play basketball again next year, correct? Uh yes, sir. Yeah, you guys are going to be pretty good. Back down to Division Three, I hear. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, definitely schools that are more our caliber, so that'll be pretty fun. Yeah, we. Uh, well, I'm retired now, so I'm yeah. a retired basketball coach. If uh, if Martin Luther and East Troy do play, maybe I'll get to that one. But 36 years of doing it, it's uh, it, it's it's uh, certainly long enough. And looking forward to spending a winter and maybe going someplace warm for a couple weeks. Hey, let's talk about what's been going on with you in baseball. And, you know, I heard, <coughs> excuse me, I heard a couple of years ago that, you know, AJ is a really good basketball player, but boy, is he a good baseball player. Yeah. And I didn't realize to what level. Um, by the way, I saw Ace Evans the other day. He asked me to say hi to you. He oh, said, awesome. yeah. I said, Ace, I'm going to be interviewing AJ. He said, hey, tell him I said, hey. And he said, coach. He's a great baseball player, but man, he could play basketball a lot of places in the country. I said, yeah, yeah. I, I know that. So can we kind of go step back maybe a month or two? You know, you're, you're part of uh, the, the hitters program here. When did things start to kind of get get interesting on a national level for you? Um, I would say pretty much my freshman year when I committed to University of Louisville. But just recently, honestly, is when everything kind of blew up. I went down to Florida to try out for the Team USA. It started out with 80 guys, and they cut it down to 40 after three weeks, and I was one of those 40 guys, and we got to go to Cleveland for the All-Star game and home run derby and that kind of stuff, and that's where everything just sort of blew up down there. Well, I'll tell you what, uh, talking to your dad and, and being part of that, that and, and he said, look, he's gotten a chance here to, to, to you know, talk to Derek Jeter and, and yeah. uh, be able to hit against this guy and this guy and this guy's down there. And uh, how interested and in, in how much can you pick up as a kid who's looking to get to where they were? I mean, are, are you able to just pick up a lot of stuff as far as what it would be like to be a professional baseball player? Oh, yeah, for sure. Just hanging around those guys for three weeks, guys like Jeter and Andy Pettit, just Ryan Howard, Chipper Jones, guys like that. You just, as a baseball guy, you just want to pick their brain and just find out everything you know. I mean, whenever they're around, you're asking questions. They're they're giving you teaching points, and you really learn a lot. And just the other guys that were there, you know, guys my age playing against them, it's you're not going to find any better at that with – guys like my age in the country and that's just how you get better playing against the best and it was a really awesome experience just getting to learn from the best coaches out there and playing against the best players so aj you get in the home run derby and and you get into the final two so you get a chance to compete in front of a full house 
in, in Cleveland. What, you know what? Five, ten minutes before you're going to go hit, what are the nerves like on something like that? Um, I, it was, I can't even explain it. It was, it was crazy. I was actually down in the hitting tunnel for a while, just trying to keep my swing loose. And occasionally I'd go upstairs and watch it live, watch live Guerrero Jr., you know, take off in the home run derby and just hear the crowd going nuts and just looking around, seeing who's there, all the all-stars and all the 40,000 fans in the stands, just getting ready to go out there. It was, my nerves were building up. I was getting anxious and it was really cool to uh, just know I was going to go out there in front of everybody. Hey, did you get to pick who was pitching to you or how did that work? Um, well, we, uh, beforehand when we were competing for the top eight, uh, competing for the top two spots to hit, um, we had a left-handed pitcher and a right-handed pitcher that you could choose from. And I picked the right-handed pitcher and, Ever since that day, I just stuck with him the whole way, and I just really liked the way he threw to me. So that's why I had him throw to me. Well, I saw a couple. You hit some bombs, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, some absolute bombs. And and you, you I think you you lost by one to a kid named Blaze Jordan, a kid yeah, from Blaise Mississippi. Uh, g- good kid. You guys turned out to be pretty good friends. Oh yeah, for sure. Just being around him and that type of environment, we kind of just stuck together and just sort of cheered each other on. It was pretty cool. Hey, um, I saw a picture with with you and a couple of guys, a kid from uh, Jared from Walkshow West and yep. and Gavin um, Lux. Uh, these are guys that that from this area that are playing at a really high level. Yes, um, d- are they hitter guys as well? They they play for hitters. Yeah, they played with uh, they played under R.J. Ferguson hitters for multiple years, and we've all been together through hitters, and that's where I got to know them. You know everything that I heard, and I've not, I've I've talked to Gavin. I've not uh, I've talked to Jared. Haven't had him on the show. But yeah. pe- what people said is, you knew that he was in the in in the cages because the it sounded different. Yeah. And oh yeah, for sure. Just bat speed or whatever it is. Um, when you talk to these guys, are are they saying, "Hey, look, you need to get ready to go play at Louisville," or depending on when you get drafted? And I don't know what you guys are are thinking in your mind, but I would think with with what's going on with you as far as blowing up a little bit on the national level, that getting drafted next June is something you're looking forward to. Oh yeah, for sure. That's that's always been something I've been looking forward to. Is just playing the game at the highest level and. I just want to see where the game takes me. And as of now, I'm just getting ready for Louisville. But um, if I have that chance, it's definitely something I want to do. And just as of now, I'm just going to keep having fun and working hard. And either way, you can't go wrong with Louisville. No, you can't. So it's just, it's, Best of both worlds, honestly. Boy, that's awesome. You know, later in the show, we're going to have TJ House and, and Kurt Heyer, two pitchers with the Milwaukee Milkmen, and doing research yeah. on them. Kurt played for three years at Arizona, and they won a national championship. TJ, um, from he's from Louisiana, got drafted in the 16th round, and, and he was supposed to go to Tulane and decided he wanted to follow his dream. And, yeah. and uh, it's interesting, two guys that have taken totally different paths, and, and I've talked to them before they're coming in, and they both said, look, I, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I, I made the right decision for me, and both of them said the same thing. Look, how can I go wrong? I'm playing baseball, and, and it's a game that I love. Yeah, yes, sir, for sure. That's that's just what you want to do. I mean, no matter what you're doing, just having fun with it, whether it's college or professional, it doesn't matter what path you take as long as you're having fun with it and just you just working hard to reach your goals. And once you get there, it's it's just 
got to be the best feeling in the world. AJ, I can't imagine any of the, 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 your, your teammates or schoolmates at East Troy have any, you know, they understand why you're not playing for East Troy High School baseball, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, yeah. It, I'm sure they're thinking, boy, we'd sure be a lot better if this kid would stay and play with us. But they certainly yeah. understand what's going on. Oh, yeah, for sure. I just, for me, it's just hitters puts on a great spring league. And just uh, the guys I've been playing travel with for years, a lot of them do it too. And I just think it's a better choice for me to be able to work out during the week and work on my skills as well as playing a great competition during the week so, or weekend. So. Yep. And the fact that, you know, you'll be playing basketball again and, and these yeah. are all those guys. Hey, here's my favorite part. And look, I, I watched what was going on with you from afar. And yeah. I loved the fact that this was a family deal for you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, I had your sister in studio for my youth sports show a few weeks ago, and she's so proud of you, AJ. Yeah. She's just really proud of you. And I talked to your dad, and I'm watching on Facebook, and everything that's going on, it's, it is it is a true family event for you guys. And, and, and I find that, that that's really enjoyable, that, that everybody in the family is involved in this. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's, I couldn't do any of this without my family. It's always been family first for me, and we've always done everything together. And My parents have done a great job with just raising my sister and I and teaching us how to do things the right way and how to go about our business with sports and just out in the real world. And it's just I'm glad my parents have been able to be along for the ride, and my sister's been so supportive, and she's done a great job with everything she's doing at the YMCA. And I'm really proud of her. And I'm just thankful for the family that I've grown up around. Well, they I'll tell you, talking to her during the break, and and uh, she was really impressive. And I told your dad, AJ, that I always wanted to know what my kids were like when they couldn't smell my cologne, right? I'm yeah. not around. I'm not in the car. I'm not around the corner. And she was really impressive. And each break, she wanted to, to give me another AJ story. Yeah. And I said, hey, you know, I, I've got to dislike this kid if I ever have to coach against him again. <laughs> and she said, hey, you're not going to be able to dislike him. He's too nice of a boy. Yeah. So, AJ, thank you so much for coming your time. You know, we're really proud of you. You're, you're a good ambassador for this area, for southeast Wisconsin, that there's some really good baseball that's played from kids in this area. And uh, everybody was rooting for you in that home run derby. And the fact that you came in second, uh, man, it it was awesome. Uh, Keep up the good work and and looking forward to, to seeing where baseball brings you. Awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'll see you in the gym sometime soon for sure. Yeah. For sure, no doubt. You got it. Uh, A.J. Vukovic, thank you very much. We're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, T.J. House and Kurt Heyer from the Milwaukee Milkmen will join us. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by the Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. I'm Mike McGivern, joined by two of the Milwaukee Milkmen pitchers, Kurt Heyer and T.J. House. I'm sorry, all-star T.J. House. They told me I have to say that, man. T.J., congratulations on that. Uh, thank you very much. Man, that's awesome. That's good news, huh? It is. Uh, you know, we, we have a long season, and we work hard to, uh, you know, do a lot of good things. And obviously that is a personal accolade, but um, you're still proud of it. And, you know, hopefully we can continue moving in a good direction and possibly get a team to a playoff. That's what we really want. Yeah, how how are you guys, Kurt? How are you guys playing right now? Um, we're doing okay. Uh, I think everybody's you know getting on the same page now, and um, 
for the most part, I think we have a great team. We always have ourselves, you know, in a good position to win every ball game. Um, we just need to, you know, tie a couple more things together and just get on a roll. TJ, how um, and look now you've got a home to play. You know, and, and I'm sure, look, you're not going to say anything bad about Indiana, but I'm <laughs> sure it's pretty nice to be home here near Milwaukee in Franklin and playing at, at your real home field. Oh, no, it is. And I, I think it just takes a lot of stress off of the guys on the team because not just that we're in Milwaukee, but we're in a place where it feels like home. You know, some guys are in apartments, some guys are in host families. Um, we're not living in hotels 24-7, which is a big thing just mentally because you kind of feel like you have a place that you can call yours. And it's a beautiful park. I oh, mean, yes. These guys, Mike Zimmerman has done a wonderful job for this community. Mm-hmm. I, I, You know, I say this each time we do a Milwaukee Milkman segment, but I, I, I thank him. And and it was a long, I don't, look, you guys weren't aren't from here, mm-hmm. and so you don't know the battles that he had to go through to get this done. But but I'll tell you this, he doesn't back down. He, he does not back down, and and he keeps going at it when he thinks he he's got something that's correct and he's doing it the right way, and the the reason he he is doing this is to bring this gift to this area. I mean, he loves baseball, and and certainly this is a business for him. But boy, I'll tell you what, it it the people who have gone to games, guys, you live in that bubble, guy. People that go to games just absolutely have a really good time. Hey, Kurt, um, can we get your background? Where did you grow up? Um, I'm from uh, Huntington Beach, California. Okay, you're a long way from home, young man. <laughs> long way from from home. Yeah, do you go home in the off season? Is that where you go? Yes, um, I uh, usually stay with my parents during the off season, just to you know, it saves me money on rent and uh, free food, and you know, it's just a place to you know rest and you know train and just you know relax a little bit. Hey, Kurt, let's start with you as far as kind of how you got to, to where we are. A uh, sixth-round draft pick for the St. Louis Cardinals in 2012. Was that out of high school or out, out of college? Uh, this was out of college. Where did you go to college? I went to the University of Arizona. Okay. And uh, sixth-round pick for, for the Cardinals. Had to be a really good day for you when you found out that you were, you were going to be a Cardinal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Cardinals are a great organization, um, and just it was right after we won a national championship and you know the it was all uphill for me that at that moment um you're you win that and then you get to live out your dream as a you know professional player um and uh just like i said a first class organization um i was really lucky to be a part of that team winning the national championships uh, does it get and, and look professional <laughs> baseball is a different level but does it get any better than that not for the college level, in my opinion, um, unless you're winning the Golden Spikes or something like that. But winning it, you know, that was a whole, you know, team effort. We it was the same guys all three years that you know I was there. It was just a great group of guys. You know, we all went, you know, full effort, and I, I, you know, they're all still playing pro ball right now, which I love. Did you know um, going in the beginning of the year that year at Arizona that you guys had a chance? Were you in the conversation? Um. Not early on, we were just a bunch of freshmen on campus, and we just want it was we all played like with a chip on our shoulder because none of us got drafted out of high school, so we had something to prove. And it was the same guys, like I said, you know, four four freshmen were starting, you know, Friday nights and stuff, and you know, I got to pitch a lot, and you know, it's it was just awesome seeing us grow as a team throughout the years, and then you know, I'm still really close with them. 
TJ, how about you? Where'd you grow up? Uh, Slido, Louisiana, which is right outside of New Orleans. Uh, man, getting some tough weather right oh, now. I know. I actually feel really bad for them. Uh, the streets are already flooding. It's just rain. And I think they have a tropical depression or tropical storm that's yeah, in the coming. Gulf. So. Yeah. Uh, been you still, still have family there? <laughs> still have a lot of family down okay. there. Okay. Well, yeah. uh, certainly be praying for yeah, thank for, you. for them. Um, your your path to pro ball was a little different. A lot different. Yeah, right, right out of high school? Sure. Yeah, um, and you were drafted by? The Cleveland Indians, 16th uh, round. 16th uh, round. Yeah, May 7th, 2008. Uh, remember it? I was at my little sister's basketball game, uh, and it was awesome. You know, obviously that's a, that's a dream. Like he said, he went a different route, but it's still a dream in general. And just to have your name selected. And it, did, yeah. had, had you had college lined up? I did. I was going to go to Tulane okay. University in New Orleans. Sure. Uh, the Green Wave. Uh, Rick Jones was the head coach there. He had been there for, I think, 15 years. Uh, he's retired now. But, uh, yeah, it was a good program. They had just went to the College World Series in 2005. Man, so, I bet he came, did they come to a lot of your uh, high school games? They, and, uh, yeah, we not, had a lot of visits. Not happy, right? Uh, I can say that they were a little disappointed once I signed. Yeah. If if you if and I'm gonna ask you the same thing, Kurt, if you had to do it all over again, and, and you can't. I mean we can't. We make our decisions mm-hmm. and we move forward. But if you had to do it all over again, would you make the same decision? Uh for me a hundred percent. Um I just I got to do something that I loved and I dreamed of doing. Uh, I would never give that back. Yeah. Same um, question. I would definitely take the same route. Um, I think it was more of like I needed to grow up a little bit more. I wanted to like, you know, get outside of my comfort zone and go to college and, you know, still stay in that, you know, school atmosphere. Um, it was just one of those things where like I wanted to get my degree and I wanted to, you know, just be a little bit far away from home just so I can mature a little bit more. And, you know, I surrounded myself with good people and, you know, good coaches and, you know, they helped me, you know, grow a little bit. And, uh, you know, I'm, I think I'm doing okay now. Yeah, good for you guys. We're talking to TJ House. I'm sorry. All-star TJ House, <laughs> Kurt Heyer, uh, both pitchers for the Milwaukee Milkmen. Uh, TJ, are you a starting pitcher? Yes, sir, I am. And have you always been uh, that role? I've been that role except for 2016. Uh, for half a season, I was a relief pitcher. How'd that go? Um, it wasn't bad. I actually excelled in it. I uh, particularly did not like it, though. No, you like you like getting the ball every fifth game? And... I, I do. I like just having the com- comfortability of being able to set my, my week up, set right. those four days up. I know when I'm pitching. I know what's going on. Uh, that Getting used to that phone ring down in the bullpen, it's like a bolt of lightning yeah. the first couple of days. So, Kurt, how about you? I've always been a starter, um, but the last couple of years when I was with the Cardinals, they kind of converted me to a bullpen guy, kind of like a a swing man I would just like be like a spot starter if they needed somebody to you know start that day or they need someone out of the bullpen to throw like four innings hey, um, long relief yeah yeah do you do you like that role do you, do you are you in that role now or are you uh, uh, no I'm actually a starter just like TJ um it's uh I didn't really like mind it it was just kind of unpredictable because you didn't you couldn't really tell like when you know stuff was going to go you know sideways and stuff so you you had to be mentally like locked in every game and that would uh, be hard yeah it's uh... and and you know what people that that watch the guys in the bullpen a little bit you know don't see they they, they look like they're just kind of hanging out and having a good time but if you're that guy you've got to like you said pay more attention to how the starter is uh, let me ask you guys this, and I've always wanted to ask pitchers this. How early on, when when it's your day and, and you're throwing, how early on do you know if you have your, your good stuff? Or do you, like, sometimes know in, in, when you're warming up, or does it take a batter or two to know whether you've got your good stuff that game or not? Uh, for me, there's sometimes where you just know. Like, you can tell the way the ball's coming out your hand, 
right when you're even warming up just to play catch before you even go in the bullpen to throw. And then there's times where um, I had an alley the other day. It took me about two or three innings before I really felt comfortable out there, and then I got in my groove. Uh, so it's it's different. Kurt, same question. Yeah, it um, for me it's it's uh, you can't really like peg like how you feel in the bullpen because you can have a you know a horrible bullpen, but then you can absolutely throw a gem. So like it's it's one of those things where it just clicks at that time. I mean, it, for me, it took me it takes me like a couple batters just to get my feet underneath me a little bit, and then you just like TJ said, you kind of just know like where you where you stand that game. You know, it's kind of like, and I told you guys before we we went on the air that I've been a basketball coach a long time, and and I'm watching guys warm up, and I'll see guys that don't hit a shot and warm up, and I, you know what? I've been around it so long that it doesn't mean anything, but in their head. They start thinking, I can't hit a shot today. And all I hope is they hit one of their first two. If they come out and hit one of their first two, okay, we're off the races. I've had kids over the years that swear if they can't hit a shot in warm-ups, they're going to have a bad game, and it gets in their head. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Guys, we're going to get to a break. Other side of the break, we'll continue our conversation. Remember, the Milwaukee Milkman play tonight at 6.05. Get a chance. Get out there and see them play. Uh, Sioux City Explorers tonight at 6.05. In fact, it's bobblehead night tonight. First one in Milwaukee Milkman history. Uh, for more information on tickets or games, MilwaukeeMilkman.com. Our special in-studio guest, Kurt Heyer, and uh, TJ House, just named to the All-Star t- uh, game. In the 23rd, where is that, up in St. Paul? St. St. Paul, Minnesota. Up in St. Paul, Minnesota. So get a chance to certainly say congratulations to TJ. This is the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin on Sports Radio 105.7 FM, The Fan. Bart Winkler broadcasting live today. We're going to be out here, John Paul's Buick GMC, Highway 100 in Greenfield, just north of Beloit Road. It's the Love Your Liver event, and it's going on until about 3 o'clock. Already some good food to be had, some burgers, some brats, some hot dogs, some other snacks. Just come on by, give a donation, and you've got lunch today. That donation goes to the American Liver Foundation, where Don Groshek is with. And it's a good event today. What we're trying to do is just raise money to get some research done, because this is a disease that you know affects people, and, and that's what we're doing here Absolutely, today. and we are so happy to partner with John Paul's Buick GM. Um, they've done this event for several years in the past, and they are really dedicated to eradicating liver disease. In fact, they've raised over $90,000 throughout the time they've been doing this um, for the American Liver Foundation. So we can't be um, any more uh, happy to be out here and supporting them as well. There's some other cool stuff that you can come check out while you're here. There's raffles going on about every 20 minutes, half hour, giving away brewer tickets, Noah's Ark tickets, stuff like that. There's some big packages that you can bet on doesn't cost too much for a raffle ticket but you can get more brewer tickets some cool packer stuff some cool bucks memorabilia so come on down again until three o'clock you can also help out the american liver foundation you guys have a walk coming up we do we have a walk next saturday the 20th at veterans park in downtown milwaukee and anybody who comes out today and registers can get half off the registration fee so it's a great next week will be a great time to come out and support us as well so come down support john paul um support the american liver foundation and we'd love to see you you can check it out again we're at john paul's buick gmc highway 100 in greenfield you can check out more about the american liver foundation liverfoundation.org and we're going to be here throughout most of the afternoon so make sure you come by and say hi bart winkler reporting live john paul's buick gmc highway 100 in greenfield 
Welcome back to the Summer Baseball League of Wisconsin, brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Mike McGiver alongside a couple of Milwaukee Milkmen. These are fun guys, man. TJ House, Kurt Heyer, a couple of pitchers for uh, the Milwaukee Milkmen. Again, they got a game tonight, 6.05. Get Sioux City Explorers. Another one tomorrow afternoon, Sunday afternoon at 1.05. Go to MilwaukeeMilkmen.com uh, for more information. Hey, guys, so have you played for other teams in this league? Uh, I have. I actually have played for this team that we're playing tonight, Sioux City. So I played with them in 2017 for about half a season before getting um, sent to the Can-Am League. Anybody on that uh, team you might throw high and inside on? Or I'm actually <laughs> upset. I don't get to face them this year. We, I, I thought I was for sure going to face my old team. I was pretty excited, but the schedule, you know, I'm always missing them by like a day. Um, and I know some of the guys on that team still, good guys, Um and hopefully we'll get to hang out a little bit during the series. Um, and and look, it, as far as the experience that you had playing there compared to the experience playing here in Milwaukee, and and you know, a, just a different experience. Oh yeah, it's an it's a night and day difference. I mean, you're playing for a big city um, who has a big league ball club like 15, 15 miles away, and you have a, a community that that wanted baseball for five years Correct. and they finally get it. And now they're just showing the love and support that, you know, they've been holding on to for the last, you know, five years. And we're getting, we're on the receiving end of that. And Sioux city, I, you know, I had fun there, but it didn't have the same, you know, feel. If right. I can say that. TJ, same question. Uh, so this is my first time in independent, any independent league. Uh, so this is my only experience. And I can only say that, it is so awesome being in a big city. Uh, there's just so much more available here for us, and and it's in terms of how we get treated when we go to the field, the stuff that's provided for us there, and this just the ability to getting a flight into Milwaukee is way easier, easier. than trying to go to these smaller cities that are in the middle of nowhere. Uh, did you guys get to go to Summerfest at all? Or we were you on the town. You're on the road. Yeah, yeah, we didn't go. I, I heard it was fantastic. Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's really good. We're festival. missing Country Thunder also. Uh, yeah, I don't know much about that. Oh, Sorry about that. Not okay. Big, hey. Yeah, you're. Yeah, you, I'm right there with you. Yeah, 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 thanks. Okay, maybe it's just me. I didn't even know we had country. No, I knew we had country <laughs> thunder. I'm just kidding. I just not. Uh, I never. Uh, where are you from? That's the, well, right. Yeah, they got what, Chris Stapleton, Tim McGraw yeah. coming in town. Uh, so those are big. Those are big names. Those are uh, definitely big names. Yeah. Hey, I'm um, growing up, uh, and we talked about this uh, before we came in the studio. You're, TJ, you're a multi-sport athlete. Yes. And and look, I know football, basketball, baseball. A lot of people do that. Soccer, swimming, and baseball yeah. is a different combination. It brother. is. Uh, I think just one. I grew up swimming ever since I was like three years old. Uh, my parents threw me in a pool and was like, "Go, go swim." Uh, summer activities keep us busy. I have you know come from a big family, uh, and then I just always enjoyed it. So I stuck with it uh, and played. Uh, same thing with soccer. I played from such a young age, and uh, so, and I was good at both of them. So I think it'd been a different story if I didn't excel. Right. I probably wouldn't have stuck with them all the way through high school. And 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 by utilizing one sport to help the other, correct? Of oh, of course. I mean. Uh, just in coordination and knowing your body, uh, using your feet in soccer, right? Uh, sure. Helps you with baseball. Even though you use a lot of your upper body, you, your lower body is very important. Uh, I think just the endurance buildup, uh, keeping you strong. Uh, swimming in the pool takes a lot of the weight off your joints from the ground and pound you get from soccer. Right. So you're still able to exercise and work out without having the wear and tear. So again, different. you guys are real opposite. Mm -hmm. uh, Kurt, you were a baseball guy. Played yeah. baseball only. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I was the first pitcher only in high school <laughs> back in the day. I think 
on the roster it said PO. So I was like, all right, I guess I know what I'm doing for the rest of my life. Um, I always wanted to hit, but I'm a lefty hitter actually, and my coaches would always make the you know excuse, oh, your pitching arms in the way. You know, you can't. You know, if you get hit, we're, screw- we're right. screwed. Yeah, so, like, you can say that. That's all right. Yeah. <laughs> How, did did you uh, did you hit? I hit. You, I, yeah. I played first base for a little bit, and then I went to right field. And so, yeah, I hit and played right field. But I'm Kurt, a righty hitter, Kurt, and left they just pitch. made me wear an elbow guard. They're like, you're hitting. Kurt's uh, rolling his eyes over there. He's rolling his eyes, going, "Come on, <laughs> man!" Nice. I mean, <laughs> hey, as a pitcher, Kurt, are you? Uh, what would you be considered? Power pitcher, finesse pitcher, combination? What uh, what kind of pitcher would you be considered? I'd like to think I'm um, more of like a like finesse guy like i i try to rely on location to get by um i don't throw you know 95 98 miles an hour um it's more of like i have to make sure that all my pitches are working that day um i was taught a long time ago like if you're not locating your fastball you better be throwing your off speed for strikes and if you're can't get your off speed for strikes you better locate that fastball and if you have both that day then you're having you're gonna have a good night so um i just try to you know rely on my pitch ability and you know i give up hits but i try to like you know cut down on walks and you know yeah just try to pound the strike zone that's a tj same question well in today's age i would never be considered a power pitcher but if we were talking about 40 years ago i think i'd be in yeah you 40 company. years ago you'd be throwing it pretty good <laughs> yeah that's awesome uh, but no i mean i think i've always relied on movement uh i throw a sinker so I'm, I'm trying to make contact i want you to swing the bat and hit the ball yeah uh it benefits me um, um a lot of ground balls i love it yeah i i, I Preferably, I would rather throw a complete game every day with no strikeouts than strike out twenty and throw five innings. Um, is there a is there a number? Do you guys and I don't know the pitching coach by you guys, but is it, does he have you on pitch counts? So I think really it's more so feel. How are you looking? Are you struggling? Are yeah. you looking like you're getting tired and fatigued? Um, I would say anywhere between 110 to 120 pitches. That's if you're cruising. I mean, yeah, if, 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 if it, I think some of the guy, the older guys have a little bit more leeway than some of the younger guys because they know what they're going to get out of them, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, like TJ can go out there and throw, you know, eight shutty and be at, you know, 90 pitches and he could still keep going. Right. Where, you know, Someone like, you know, me, like lately I've been, you know, trying to keep my pitch count down and trying to keep, you know, my pitches down in the zone. Sure. You know, that's, you know, kind of the thing where like, you know, they have to rely on the bullpen sometimes more. So, yeah. um, um, how, when, when you're on the mound and you know, it's a one, two, Oh, two. And, and I know different teams, different levels, you, the analytics is such a big deal in, in, in baseball now. And I don't know, um, if the Milwaukee milkmen, uh, supply you with great analytics. I don't know that. And it doesn't really matter, but how, how much ahead if, are you thinking pitch to pitch setting guys up or are you just going pitch to pitch? TJ, let me uh, start with you. For me, it's. In the moment, how is it going? What happened the prior pitch is going to dictate what I do that next pitch. Um, obviously, you also depends on if you're facing them the first, second, third time in the order. Right. You know how many times have I faced them? What did I do prior to this? What is the runner situation that no, we have on number base? Number in the lineup. How many outs are there? Is it yeah. a righty up with two outs? Runner on second. And I have a lefty on deck. I mean, there's a lot of situations we can put ourselves into. Go, okay, this could go many different ways, but it's just being aware. Yeah, uh, I think being aware, knowing, uh, and history. I mean, we've both played for a long time, so so you're aware of. And, and I think as a pitcher, you have to be. Um, Kurt, how much do you? Um, 
did you take what the, what your catcher has to to say? Do you, do you shake him off much, or are you depending? I guess who's catching, but do, do, are you making the call, or are you is he making the call? For the most part, um, whether it's Manny or uh, Chris Conley, um, I think it also depends on like who they are as catchers. I mean, they who they're going to be dealing with that day. Um, like me and TJ are two totally different pitchers and stuff, and he's more experienced, so he has a little bit more, you know, feel in terms of what he's like wants to throw that particular guy or that inning. Um, I'm more, I like putting my trust in the catcher, and it makes because I don't like thinking on the mound that much. Sure, um, it takes pressure off me, and you know, sometimes I'll shake, and if I really feel that you know, I need to make my pitch. Um, uh, but I, I put a lot of trust and faith in our guys and stuff to make you know me look good and the rest of them look good. So, hey, have you guys watched movies like Bull Durham and all oh, that? Who has? Right? I, right? <laughs> I can quote that entire movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and how much of what? And look, some of that is is some nonsense, but there's a lot of truth in playing minor league baseball to what you see in in movies like uh, that. I think Bull Durham represents the minor league grind um, to a T. Yeah, right. I mean, uh, obviously, there's a lot of humor and a lot of things sure. that go on in there, but for the most part it's very similar um you know people just see us at the field they think uh actually it's kind of funny sometimes people think we just arrive at like six and we play at seven and they don't realize we spend all day there for the most part working and honing our craft and our skill and uh you know we're traveling on buses riding thousands of miles and waking up at 6 a.m because we just got to the city and we have to play a game that day it's a uh, law. It's a grind. Yeah, yeah. It, it, they, it's a no doubt. That's the thing that I don't think other sports understand is that you get drafted in football, you're already in the big leagues, right? And then baseball, you have a little bit more of a journey to where, like, you might not even you might not make it there, but you you know it's a high risk, high reward kind of thing. So you know, I I love doing this still. Like, I there's not a day go by that I don't regret it. I mean, it's everybody's here for a reason. Um, I see it as this Zimmerman created a brand and created 23 jobs for 23 guys that had possibly nowhere to go. And I'm really thankful that, you know, me and him are here. So, and you know, he, when, when Mike Zimmerman was, was in for the first Milwaukee Milkman segment that we did, I said, how are you going to feel when major league baseball comes and takes one of your, your players? And he said, I'm going to applaud. I'm going to be so happy. Like that's kind of what, what what we're doing here mm-hmm. like we're going to be able to say that guy played for us here mm-hmm. at the Milwaukee Milkman mm-hmm. and th- that whole and and it was a really good answer he gave cuz he said look am i going to feel like i'm going to miss the guy and he was what yeah Maybe, but man, when that happens, I'm going to applaud him and hug the guy and say, "Go, you know, be a good ambassador for us back mm-hmm. here." So, well, yeah, and it looks good for them too because that makes if guys are getting picked up from here, guys want to come and play, correct? Because they feel like they have that opportunity. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, hey, we have got to get going here. We're uh, we're getting that uh, that look here, so <laughs> I, I apologize for keeping you guys so long. Oh, no problem. They got a game tonight at six oh five against Sioux City. Um, go out there tomorrow at one oh five. Today, tonight, in fact, is the first bobblehead in Milwaukee Milkman history. So go out and get yourself one. Um, Kurt Heyer, thank you so much. It's good to meet you, TJ House. Good to meet you. Congratulations. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum 
of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 